wonderful world of Ted, Petticutcher, and awesome one-liners, it should not be surprising that serendipity is quickly becoming a fad. This is unfortunate, as I believe that the notion offers more than meets the Google-glassed eye. I would therefore like to suggest that we begin our investigation by looking into serendipity more thoroughly than is usually done so. 2. Understanding Serendipity Troubled Etymology Let's start with a bit of etymology then. We know about the moment of Walpole's coining of serendipity from a letter in which he shares his linguistic invention with his friend Horace Mann, who had just sent him a portrait of the Grand Duchess Bianca Capello. Walpole uses this occasion to report to Mann on a critical discovery he just made about the Capello arms in an old book of Venetian arms. This discovery, he writes, was one of the kinds of accidental sagacity for which he is happy to have created his neologism. Although today Walpole is mainly remembered as a trendsetter for the Victorian revival of the Gothic, by virtue of Strawberry Hill, his neo-Gothic home he built in Twickenham, south-west London, as well as his Gothic novel, The Castel of Otranto, he was also a reluctant politician and active publisher. His numerous letters were posthumously published and are seen today as a valuable source of historical documentation. Besides, they also testify to Walpole's talent and wittiness as a communicator. The eighteenth century, of course, was a time in which the nobility distinguished itself through the display of conversational skill. The salons of London and Paris provided the stages for great conversation, as did the art of written correspondence. Walpole was very much part of this world, a great conversationalist and inventor of many a neologism. In this sense, his invention of the term serendipity was certainly no accident. Yet, there is something rather confusing in his letter to Horace Mann, and this confusion results from the very story of the three princes from which Walpole derives his new word. The puzzling fact is that the story of Peregrinaggio di Tre Giovanni Figlioli del Re di Serendipo itself does not at all convey the sense of finding the unexpected through a combination of accident and sagacity. In fact, the tale resembles much more what today we would call a detective story than, say, an unintended treasure hunt. The princes impress the locals they meet on their travels with their wittiness, great powers of observation and intuition, skills that lead them to all sorts of smart inferences and deductions. They also save Emperor Beramo from being poisoned by one of his counsellors, and later from a broken heart, and solve a great metaphysical riddle for a virgin queen. They do not, however, make any unexpected discoveries or unsought findings. Indeed, nowhere in this fairy tale do we find anything close to the notion of serendipity that Walpole seems to intend when he defines it in terms of accidental sagacity. For you must observe that no discovery of a thing you are looking for comes under this description. This is equally true for the part of the Peregrinaggio that most impressed our language artist. 
i.e. the story of the camel. Peck von Ongel provides a great summary of this fragment, which I quote here for the sake of convenience in its entirety. One day they walked along the track of a camel. The eldest brother saw that the grass on the left side of the track was grazen bare, while the sappy grass on the right was undisturbed. He concluded that the camel's right eye was blind. The middle brother observed in the left verge many plugs of tune grass. That gave him the idea the camel might miss a tooth. The youngest brother inferred from the relative faint imprint that the left back leg of the camel was crippled. Further on, the eldest brother noticed on one side of the track, over a distance of a mile, an endless stream of ants consuming something, and on the other side a vast mass of bees...